Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. I don't know when you're watching. Welcome to I Want to Know, the podcast where we answer your burning questions about the Bible and Christian living. My name is Mamiala, aka Sweezy in the streets. I am joined by my awesome guests, co-hosts actually, Neil and Mavu. Yeah, so we're busy with uh, part two of episode six here. So as Mamiela mentioned, we've got Marvu, we've got Nsako, and Malaika is also joining us this morning. Yep, that's right. Let's get into this. So what is the bro code or sister code when it comes to dating a friend's ex? I don't know. Never done it. I'm not for... You know, this is so interesting because I was listening to um, a friend's podcast and they actually did this poll on like, is it okay to date your friend's ex? Is it free for all? Like, I mean, you guys broke up, so it shouldn't be like a train smash, right? And it was surprising because a lot of people like in the poll that I read, a lot of them were like, listen, it's somewhat like it depends on how long the relationship was, how deep the relationship was. If it wasn't really serious, because I know there's some people who are like, no, we dated, but can't even count that person as a boyfriend because it was like three weeks or whatever. So I think it depends on how deep it is. Whereas those guys, when I was listening to their podcast, they were like, it's free for all, all the time. Even if you guys were dating five years, 10 years, and you break up and now they have a, you and this person's ex have a connection, it's free for all. It's, it's such a tricky, <laughs> it's a tricky situation. For me, I think um, once we're broken up, we're broken up. Like what you do with your time is not my business. Um, but in the same way, like when y'all get together, what y'all do is not my business. But you can't have your boy. Uh, you can't have your boy saying, "Oh, what's her favorite color again?" That's embarrassing. <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> I can't be. I can't be. Do your thing, man. Like, so look, I mean, I've I've known one situation where this has actually ended a friendship because the the person who started dating the other person's ex. And I, th- and I don't think it was too long. Maybe that was part of the, the challenge. So it was deep, it was real, it ended. And then so did the friendship. So that's a real, it's a real thing there. Yeah, listen, I know you guys are very cute about it. It's a no-no. Damn, bro. No, you could have nine billion other, I mean, I don't know how many billion ladies there are in the world. You could go there out of all of them. You go for my eggs. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be okay. awkward. Just speaking on ex, can we actually define ex? Because it's like exes and you guys were dating and then there's ex like you guys were in a situation. A past entanglement. Any entanglement, anything. Yeah, but you guys but there were was something dating. there. But you there were never dating. There. So why is it a problem okay. if you were okay. never dating? I would, say, I would say if it was a relationship, even if you dated for a day, a relationship where you were boyfriend and girlfriend, where y'all were a thing, right? And you were committed to a relationship. I'd say that defines an ex. No, but then it's too... I'm for the... Okay, I I agree with the... If it's too short, if it was like a three-week thing and it it ended on good terms, Uh then I think it's okay. And I'm also on the... If you never dated the person, you can't hold claim to the person. You can't hold claim. See, this is the problem with dating. (laughs) (laughs) The problem I'm, I'm beginning to see nowadays is people have different ideas and definitions of what dating is. So you get a person where relationally their heart is in. You like this person, they like you, you're dating. But because there was no question, you're like, I actually technically I'm not dating. If your heart is in and there was a thing, you guys both liked each other, y'all are dating. No. 
Christian girls like to do this manga manga business where they're like, no, we're actually not dating. We just mara. No. Everyone can see that we're hanging out. We're hanging out. Get out of here. Your generation, Neil, because your generation says that we have to ask the question: Will you be my girlfriend? Will you be my boyfriend? Let's go steady. I love those terms because it's clear. Can we? Can we? Can we? Can we? Can we? Please? Can we? Please? Can we? Please run it back a little bit. You said, "Will you be my boyfriend?" Let's 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 talk about that, girl. In my generation now. No. It would have been unusual. Yes. Yeah. And in your generation, the yeah. word unusual is not enough. Okay. I just want to start. In my there. generation, you get the bold girls. I mean, you get the moms, you know. Yeah. Personally, for myself, oh. I would never find myself asking someone to be my boyfriend because the Lord knows my heart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But I think it's important. I guess in for, in my case, for the guy mm. to ask the question, let's go steady, clear communication. I think that's important. That's when you, all the feelings and all of that. Because sometimes I think we spoke about it, where one is falling and the other person never said fall. You're can, falling by yourself. Can I say we're going on a tangent? The purpose is bro code, sister code. But to bring this thing back, you you said you want the question to be asked, but if. If, if the conversation is, my heart is here, and I would really like to be with you at some point, is that not enough? Or do you want them to say, oh, will you be my girlfriend? You do, see, do you want me, those words? For me, th- then we're still not in a relationship because you haven't asked me to be your girlfriend. You can say, my heart is here. Then I'm like, okay, then we are preparing for that. But I'm still single. Actually, in, the, in our generation, we think that being single is when you're not, you don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. But... You're actually single until you get married, until the ring is on your finger. I remember Pastor David was saying at Reverb, it's free for all until you are married. What do you think about that, Neil? Look, I think once you've, once you're engaged, you know, paid your labola and things like that, then you're, then I don't think you've got options no more. Yes. But you're still single because you're not, by definition, single. You're committed single. But I think that's, in, so can I add something to the, to the, just the discussion around, wouldn't you want to speak to your friend about, you say, listen, I'm interested in this person that you were with, however we're defining you were with. Um, it, wouldn't friends actually just talk to each other and go, listen, I'm re- I really like him or her, um, can we chat? Well, I mean, that's, that, that's the thing of brokers. Brokers aren't necessarily, they're not, codified, explained, communicated rules, but it's a, it's an unwritten rule, you know? You just, just don't go there. It's awkward, because now you're gonna go there, and obviously as your friend, I'm gonna be like, I mean, I, I, I mean you're my bro, you know? Okay, I mean, if you want to, you can, but inside I'm gonna be like, I can't believe you. I can't believe you're doing this. But then you must be this. clear and say that. Don't, don't do it. Okay, so. So what if that's the love of his life? What if that's the girl? Maybe not for you, but that's the girl for him. That's a very good point. That's a very. I good will point. say this. Um, we can talk about it, right? And if it happens to be that this is a woman that caused me much heartache, you should be fine with me not wanting to be present in your relationship because we're having a conversation, right? It's a thing of, okay, so this is how I'm going to live, this is how you're going to live. I won't tell you not to date someone. I'm not your dad, the one in heaven specifically. So, again, there are consequences to these things. Hmm. I just think, but I still think it's a necessary conversation. It is because yeah. yeah. you're friends. That's sure. the that's the question. Yeah, I was about to say. I think you should just ask your friend how they feel. 
before or after you've already approached before of course okay. <laughs> yeah just to let them know that you're going or you are asking for permission no, actually just to just to inform them so you're not even asking for permission oh you're God. just I'm saying just just I am them. going on a date serving notice I've been in trouble for not serving notice oh hey hey this is not what we're talking about <laughs> call me for another podcast <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm telling y'all, and I'm telling any other future friend, don't do it. Don't. I'm not happy. I don't want you to do it. Leave her alone. I can help you find someone else, but not her. Not her. Good friends with the ex. I wanna. That's the problem right there. Um, I don't know. Look, I mean, there, there, there are emotional things that that happen in a relationship. Uh, and so in the parting of that, when another person comes in, relationships are quite nuanced. So you could get triggered by something um, that that happens in that relationship. Like, why didn't that happen when we were dating? Or, you know, and, and so in order to not put yourself in a position where you will not be unhappy for the person, you'll be unhappy for the person, but you pretend like not to, that, that you are okay, um, it can still be sensed. Uh, so, so in order to to draw those boundaries, I think it's very important to have that conversation before that happens. Like, hey, yo, bro, are our exes included in this or not? Because there has been a time where you meet the right person, and you date them, and then you meet their friend, and you're like, Ish, I should have friends on this one, and then you know, but then now I'm already in. But yeah, don't look at me like, yeah, I'm talking about. There are times when you've met someone, you're like, Ish. hey, you know? Um, kids, disclaimer, don't do that. Okay, you pray to the Lord about yeah, who we, you should we, date. We don't play the field. Yes, don't, don't do play. It. Don't, don't play the field. But sometimes, you know, you, you go to a Toyota dealership and there's a BMW right next door. Horrible analogy. And I qualify <laughs> for financing, you know? Oh, wow. Like, can I get that? I, I, I withdraw, I withdraw, I withdraw. <laughs> but yeah. So maybe we must just, because we need to move on a little. Um, maybe we must ask the question that's closer to this one. And then it's just, so, so why do guys always protect their boys, even when tragic things like rape happen? Why do guys prioritize their boys and what boundaries do they set? So I think, I think we mustn't deny this happens. Yeah, um, yeah but I've been a Christian too long, so I'll talk about Christian guys at some stage, but I don't know if anybody else wants to weigh in first. Well, um, for starters, when, if, it's, if, it's, if it's someone that you hold as a brother, like someone as close as can be, I feel like your relationship should, should be solid enough for you to be able to call them out. Yeah. Um, I've had a few episodes where I have somewhat lost friends because their behavior was questionable. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you, it's difficult, eh? You know, on this side, there's the pressure of social media of, you know, someone does something, you cancel them, right? As soon as, as, soon as a complaint is leveled against someone, it's, it's kind of a thing of automatic guilt at this point just because that's how bad the numbers are in terms of... This is a difficult conversation. How do we put this? When you look at all the numbers pertaining to gender-based violence, they aren't—they don't make for good reading. So the probability lies on he probably did it. And more often than not, I've adopted that thing. 
and I've lost friendships because I chose to believe numbers over my mate. But I am okay with knowing that I called them out for something that was important. I feel like if that's an approach that people took, I mean, we'd have better chance and better relationships. Look, my view is if, you, if you're a Christian brother and the person, whether they're a Christian or not, you're obligated to call them out. 100%. If you If you know and you see, even if it's just, listen, I heard this. Tell me what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, look, <laughs> it's painful. I've lost friends. At least, yeah, <laughs> I called somebody out once, and you—it's not pleasant. Yeah. You, but it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you value people and you regard people as equal and made in the image of God, you there's an obligation to to hold people to standard. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's good. I don't think it should be happening. Yeah, and no, I don't think it should be happening either. I think. Um, a lot of it happens with 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 men specifically when men relate together, um, and especially our close friends. Gods become gods fall. Uh, that's where men feel they're safe. That's where they feel like they can be vulnerable without being judged for weakness. It is much harder for men to to be vulnerable and open to women when they are with the guys. They can just relax. And then that bond forms, and that's where we kind of see a little bit of a divide of the bro brotherhood and bros before a certain gender. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and so once that culture forms, um, whenever that brother slips, um, that, that, that herd group mentality of, okay, let's protect, before we ask the questions, then starts of, dude, what happened? What did you do? You idiot, you know? Um, but protecting him at all stages because real to be real with that specific question, society will cancel you very fast, hundred percent, extremely fast, and that cancellation obviously leads into other things. So, so I think what happens is brothers don't have proper honest conversations during the com- during the friendships, and then when the hardships come, um, they don't know what to do. They panic. So first instinctive thing, protect herd. And, and, and that, is, that is dangerous. It's quite sad because now they look at their friend um, with their best intentions in mind. And once they do that with the relational capital that they have, the facts don't, uh, aren't, aren't always in their face. And so it is, it is, it is quite um, a tricky one that, that I've sensed as well. Can I just ask a question? Like... With regard to that, and like you see your friend or you hear about your friend, and then it happens to be true, what do you do? Do you, um, because now I mean, at church now we're talking about being on the front line, and we just spoke about um, justice and truth, being a mouthpiece for justice and truth. Do you become a mouthpiece for justice and truth, or do you just sit and just watch it, whatever unfold, unfold? Well, the law has to run its course. Right. Um, that's where I'd like to start. But I think it has to be approached the way, you know how Europeans do prison, right? It's not necessarily a punishment, it's a rehabilitation. So the idea is, okay, cool, so this was, be- this was your behavior, and you get down to the root of that behavior. Right? So why are you angry? Why are you violent? Why are you aggressive? Why are you a danger to other people? And you kind of deal with the root issue. Um, the situation I mentioned cost me a friend. Um, all of us kind of forced him into some form of counseling. 
Like you went through anger management, you went through a very long process where he had to deal with a lot of the, the hardships he had to face as a person and was immensely difficult for him. You know, at a point he felt isolated because it was all of us like, hey man, get your life together because, you know, it's, it's not a comfortable experience. But I do believe the onus is on those around the individual to ensure that they are rehabilitated. Um, and wherever, you know, some form of punishment has to take place, they take the full weight of that. So I think, yeah, probably just to be clear, GBV never acceptable. Mm-hmm. And I do think just to more put, speak to what you said, Malika, is we, we have an obligation then to come, come to the brother and come alongside. Mm-hmm. The scripture's clear. And I think that's where probably the, the Christian position is different from cancel culture. We don't condone the wrong, but we also work towards, you spoke about rehabilitation, restoration. Mm-hmm. And we can help someone go through that process. And sometimes it's a process and sometimes they'll fall out and sometimes they won't. But the goal in the end is restoration, but not just for the guy, for the victim as well. Both are equally important. And so we need to advocate for both. It's not, I don't think we must get to the either or um, space. It's, mm-hmm. Let's talk about what you did. Yes, it was really wrong. How are we going to make it right? And there are restorative justice processes and things that can come into play uh, if it's an option in the situation. I mean, it sounds nice, but I mean, if you're raping someone close to me, no, listen, go to the police for sure. I mean, I am <laughs> full, not going to be restorative. Ain't no shakashanda, nothing. You know, I'd have to restrain myself from getting a gun and popping you. You know, it is that bad. It is that bad. Rape is, it does something to women that that, that woman will never be the same again. And men. And, but, mm. and, and men. I actually wanted to say that there are a lot of men mm. who even feel ashamed to come forward because for them it's supposed to be like a pat on the back like oh yeah dude but i mean even from when you you hear stories of people that are like 13 and like a 19 year old woman had sex with Mm. them and it's this thing of congratulations you're a man now we're conditioned from a very young age to see it that way Mm. oh yeah no definitely i think one of the things that could help i think is for masculinity to start picking up red flags. There are red flags before a person gets to that to that stage of yeah, abusing yeah. their yeah, partner yeah. or 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 rape. You can you can see like, yo, bro. A bit aggressive. Oh, a bit aggressive no, there. Yeah, 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 You're right. Yeah, yeah. What's going on here? But I think it even starts there. I think look, what you want to do is develop godly manhood. And so that for me starts with what you allow in the conversations that you present in. Yeah. You know, I've been in conversations where. You know, someone started and with Christian, the guy said, listen, we don't talk like that here. And it, I mean, it gets awkward, <laughs> it gets awkward but it's, we don't talk like that here. So, so I think it starts with what you allow to be spoken about, yep. the way you allow people to be spoken about, both sides of the gender. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, whatever objectification and things can stop. We need to speak in a way that treasures and values. And that's for me where you start with the 13-year-olds in, in the space. Yeah. I find it interesting how guys can speak about anything all the time. And, like, you know, if men are angry at each other, they're angry for, like, five minutes afterwards. It's, you know, by the time we go home, we're bros again. Until this happens. Mm. I I found that to be quite... A no-go area. Yeah. Okay. You know? um, You you can... I guess you can't sweat someone's mother. That's very rude. But, like, you can say something extremely offensive, make a man feel very small be at odds, be held back. By the time you go home, you'll be cool with your boy. But 
as soon as it's something that has to do with a bit of internal work that requires you to take a hard like requires you to take a hard look at yourself and at your shortcomings then you know you don't feel like a man when you're exposed it's a it's a it's a it does make these conversations far more difficult and i found a better one on one than than yeah. you know calling out someone yeah. in a group yeah. but yeah. but that's a space yeah yeah well, thank you everyone for joining us for this part of I Want to Know. We have some fruitful, thought-provoking conversations. We actually just encourage you guys to think about it. Go speak to your bros. Go have these conversations. And let's really, yeah, and the girls, let's have the conversations. Because if we don't have the conversations, nothing gets done. See you next time on another episode of I Want to Know.